Welcome, welcome. We're so glad to have you here at We Might Be Tables, but uh, before you proceed, I must warn you, the audio quality ahead isn't the best. Back when we were recording these episodes, We Might Be Tables didn't have the best audio recording tools, which resulted in audio quality that isn't the best. And we apologize for that. But having said that, we really hope that doesn't take away from your enjoyment and what you take from the episode, but if it does, we totally understand. So feel free to jump to episode 9 and every episode after that if you prefer better and more consistent audio quality. Well, now that that warning is over, you may proceed to the episode itself and we hope you have a fun time listening to it. See you. Hello everyone, welcome back to episode 6 of We Might Be Tables. We're your hosts, Devansh. And I'm Shreesh. Today we're going to be talking about a film. It's called Afterlife. It was made in 1998 by Hirokazu Koreeda and it deals with ideas of death and memory, psychology, stuff like that basically. So the inspiration behind talking about this film was that we wanted to explore the idea of death in multiple episodes of the podcast and we're going to be doing that in in the future um coming back to this theme quite a few times uh and this felt like a good place to start <laughs> that's kind of the background of what we're doing today yeah particularly because there are so many aspects of death that are fascinating because death isn't just a singular event for the individual experiencing it it's it, it's so much more than that or uh, there's so much one can react to when thinking about death, um, because death is just as relevant to the people who are relatives or close to the person who's dying as it is to the person who's dying themselves. Um, and I mean, all of those things just seem so fascinating to talk about. And uh, even even cultural differences in how death is celebrated and how um, death is, uh, you know, a societal and cultural phenomenon, so to speak. Yeah, it's it's crazy how we've just taken this natural biological phenomenon and turned it into something to um, celebrate, or not 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 just celebrate in in this in the good sense, but something to revere and make a cultural icon. It's also uh, quite a strange coincidence that we're starting recording this uh, theme uh, that is today, considering how uh, Chadwick Boseman just passed away. I think yesterday or. Um, I think it was maybe this morning. Uh, so, I, I mean, he was great in all the movies that he's been in, I'm sure. And I've, I saw Black Panther, as did a lot of other people, and he was brilliant in that as well. So, um, it's obviously very sad to see him go. And we've definitely lost somebody who's really talented and who was really precious, yeah. His contributions to the film industry were, um, like, paramount especially for people of color, you know, I've, I was just the other day I was seeing, uh, uh, I think, I, I don't remember when it was, but uh, he was, I, th- I think on the Jimmy Fallon show where he hid behind like a curtain and people came and told them what Black Panther meant to them. And 
so many of them were just inspired because of you know inspired by um, his portrayal of uh, such a wonderful superhero. Uh, and I think I read somewhere on Reddit maybe that um, a little daughter of a man, she for the first time looked at you know Black Panther and said, "Look, a superhero looks like my dad," and it you know that just moved me to tears because his acting and his portrayal of such a strong character did so much for people of color and wherever and we're going to be talking about the afterlife but if there is an afterlife and you know whatever rests and lies beyond death i hope that you know chadwick gets the best of it yeah i'm sure he will absolutely so coming to the movie uh, specifically i think it goes without saying that spoiler alert um, we're going to be spoiling literally everything so uh, to give you a brief summary of what it's about um there's well after you die there's a waypoint and there's this not a waypoint a way station and it's like an office or an institution that uh people stay in for a week after their death and in 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 that week in the first 3 days or so or was it the last 3 days I'm not quite sure but in 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 a certain amount of time they have to choose one memory from their life that they wish to take with them to the afterlife and that's the only thing they'll ever remember once they select that memory it's made into a film by the people who work in that institution screened collectively and once you've seen your final moment or your final memory you kind of fade away and you pass on to the next world now the condition is that you have to choose within this uh 3 days or whatever the time frame is but if you don't you stay back in in that way station and you become one of the people who works there 3 days is the right uh like time frame so it's the first 3 days that you're uh that you find yourself uh at the way station that you have to decide and pick the memory and the rest of the week is when they prepare and shoot the film um and that's a terrifying thought because the film that is recreated um which is which happens to be you know a recreation of one of your most treasured memories the one that will stay with you for you know for eternity it's not even like a small period of time it's literally for an eternity just one memory that you get to pick and it's just a film recreation of that where you have hired actors to play as to play you in that scene it's not even you reliving that memory so it's just that one movie that is created that stays with you for eternity that's crazy isn't it like how yeah. i mean where did these actors come from like the film tells us that people who i mean this is one of the one of the biggest questions after watching the film uh so you have this this building like this office building where there are people working on making a film for those recently deceased and that's where people actually come first after they die uh well, that's what we made to believe right and after they stay there they move on but it's like there's a whole other city and thousands of people just moving around and uh you know it's like a living breathing city like one of the filmmakers goes location hunting and she sees so many other people and i just wonder who they are and the film makes it clear that if you don't choose a memory then you become one of the workers in that that place but what about the rest of the after life world i suppose like who do you think those people are hmm. you know i like to think that in the section where shiori you know goes location hunting and ventures into the city 
I like to think that that's the real world, the world where living beings in their you know corporeal form exist. Um, so she's like dimension traveling, like going yeah, between dimensions. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and it 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 isn't clear if people can see her in that sequence. Uh, I like, I mean, to to me, it seemed like nobody could see her; that she was just invisible, you know, looking through the world. And um, that's that's how I looked at it. That she she existed in this sort of like a a limbo i guess would be the word where it's not she's not in the land of living but also not in the afterlife but she gets to you know see the world uh and see life as it is um outside um, damn i already thought of it that way i mean it makes yeah. sense though it makes so much sense because like people obviously the movie doesn't show that people recognize her or see her and she's obviously seeing this physical tangible world but from what you say i feel like she's going back to the places that these people have been to and trying to find how they can recreate those scenes in the best way possible it's just and i mean coming back to the thought of you know recreating a memory i mean it goes it goes without saying it's it's really difficult to pick one memory out of your life so there are there are characters that we see who have a lot of trouble deciding which memory they have to pick or which memory they want to pick and there is there is just so much depth in just that there are no cgi effects there is no there are no flashy scenes uh, there's nothing of that sort it's just stories of people and their lived experiences that the movie you know uh, portrays and just that itself is so moving it's so touching i think that's what you made this to, film so iconic as well yeah you have to you have to live through whatever remains in your memory of the life you've lived to try and find that which brings you happiness don't you remember that 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 person who walks in and he says i don't have even a single happy memory that everything that i've done is just terrible and i want to forget everything um, oh yeah watanabe i mean obviously we've seen this this idea of dying and then reaching this way station and having it as a place where you kind of sign a form and it's like being very official and everything we've seen that done before that's not really an original thought but what really got to me was this concept of making a film and what comes after people arrive at this way station that that's what's really unique and it's not only about like lived experiences and individual stories i i feel like the film also comments largely on film itself like the medium of film and how powerful it can be and you're so right like what it's how hard is it to choose one memory from like a person who's lived for 80 years say 80 85 years how hard would it be to pick one memory that you have to keep with you for eternity and people like watanabe was just i felt like his story was so poignant i mean how how do you you're, you're right there yeah he he couldn't really pick one memory because like you said everything that he did uh made him sad and <laughs> one of the biggest reveals at the end of the film was that so he was in love with this woman called Kyoko and she was his wife as well actually but then later on the movie we find out that the one of the workers in in this way station uh, Machizuki I think his name was uh his lover by like when he was alive he died in a war um I think a war in maybe Korea or somewhere but when he died this woman was left with no one and she lost her partner in the war and that's how her and Watanabe got together and when he finds out this story in the afterlife it it, it really touches him as well and yeah you're right um, his name is um, 
Takashi uh, Mochizuki. And, you know, that's just another part of the movie that deepened this sorrow that I had while watching it. Um, because, uh, as is revealed, you know, eventually in the film, that Takashi died when uh, I think he was around 25, maybe maybe younger. But he yeah. had been at this way station, I, I mean, different versions of this way station, different branches, uh, I guess is how they describe it, different branches of this way station for over 50 years. He had lived uh, and he had been at that way station for so long. He had seen so many experiences and like he, he had lived, he had lived he had at lived. this way station for so long. That's crazy, isn't yeah. it? Like, how do you, is he, I mean, he's, well, to use the word sort of loosely, he's lived in death for longer than he has lived in like life. Yeah. You can't, it's, it's so hard to describe what constitutes living in in, this, yeah. in this in the world of this film. And the idea of uh, branches of that way station, like how many are there? Is it divided by country or culture or I don't know? If if we really think about it, um, wait, I mean, I'll, I'll probably get back to this in, in a bit, but, um, you know, like Takashi, he, he's, he's lived over 50 years without, you know, getting to see a trace of his wife. But when Ichiro Watanabe walks in and, you know, he gets to, he orders like videotapes because he can't distinctly remember any memories. Uh, Takashi gets to see the person who he once loved and um, he never, you know, he, he remembers what it was like then. And it's it's so strange because he chose specifically, I mean, he made the decision not to choose a memory and he has been there forever. And does that, like, I mean, if living truly is just, you know, a, an amalgamation of memories that we make at, in, in our time here, does, does staying at that way station forever without choosing a memory constitute like immortality? Does him being there without ever moving on to the afterlife, is, is that a way of, you know, existing in the, in, in the afterlife? Sure, you don't have the exact lived experience of being in the physical form, interacting with people who are still you know, quote-unquote, alive, but he gets to live at least some some instances of people's lives. He gets to see it, he, and he gets to relive it and see what the world is turning out to be. Yeah, dude, but also, like, the, the afterlife is shown to be just as physical and tangible as the real world. I mean, obviously, we can assume that it isn't, because maybe it's not, maybe it's not tangible in the same sense that our world is tangible. And, and, uh, sorry, but, and by yeah, afterlife you mean the way? Yeah, no. And by afterlife you mean the way station? Yeah, yeah, the way station. Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely some amount of tangible because the at least the people there can feel and touch and see and all the laws of physics apply there. But obviously that's it's a cinematic device. But I think we can assume that there is some form of uh, tangibility or some convoluted sense of tangibility even there so yeah i mean they very well could be immortal but the only catch is that it's not really permanent uh in a it's not really permanent with other people um you you see people come and go but you you can't really form these long-lasting bonds and relationships um or apparently that's what the movie makes us believe but that also it challenges right it, this this um shiori um Kind of, I, I feel like by the end of the film, we, we realize that Shiori has fallen for Mochizuki. Takashi. That's also such a strange idea. Like the ability to feel emotion and the ability to connect with people even in the afterlife is crazy. And she chooses 
this is one of the this is i didn't even know what to make of this final scene right so takashi was finally able to come to terms with his death and choose one memory and he chooses the afterlife as the memory so does that mean he's kind of still alive and people can also choose their memories that the memories that they've accumulated after dying yeah that was yeah that that's something i didn't completely fathom because even though in the final moments of you know recreating that memory when takashi sits at the bench with uh, kyoko there is no kyoko kyoko isn't there in in the memory that he wanted the reason he wanted to pick another memory is, was because for the first time in 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 the in the 50 years that he had been at you know multiple way stations was when he actually felt happy I, I, i mean if not happy but he felt some sort of a feeling some emotion something yeah and that. i'm sorry like he felt like you know when he saw kyoko's memory like the one that she picked it was a moment with him so i feel like he felt like he'd at least contributed to somebody else's life i, I hope we bring that up later you know what 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 life and death mean to other people i i mean i hope we bring that up later but yeah if it does it does raise a lot of questions about what it means to be in that way station whether making that conscious choice to stay there is perhaps better than moving on to um you know the afterlife because do you, uh, do you remember isaya the the rebel oh yeah rebel yeah yeah like oh my god yusuke yusuke isaya yeah yeah so isaya basically you know consciously chooses not to pick a memory when you know he it's throughout the movie he reiterates that it's not that i can't choose a memory it's just that i don't want to and he says the reason he does this is because that's the only way he has some ounce of control over his life that's the only way he can take control yeah i mean yeah, i think he is one of my favorite characters if not my favorite it just fascinates me that he refused to choose and he'd rather live or you know live in in eternity uh, in this live for eternity in this away station mm. place rather than move on with just one memory and i think i would have i would have felt the same especially at the age that he is he's just like 22 or something i mean to to make the conscious decision not to pick a memory is like i mean i felt like he was a rebel in life and now he's rebelling even in death it's like a big screw you to whoever took his life away from him so young and he says i'm not going to give you what you want and i don't play by anybody's rules it's so strange because after watching the movie i wanted closure right i want to like read more about it and and you know see what other people had to say and there was this one article that i came like came across um where um this person i think the website is called roger ebert roger ebert yeah yeah movie critic like dude he's one of the most popular movie critics yeah oh really okay i didn't yeah, i yeah, genuinely yeah. did not know that But he's dead okay. now. I think the it, the website is run like posthumously by somebody else. Right. Um and in in that uh, there, there's a section which reads surely spending eternity with a within a bad memory would be well literally hell and spending forever within our best memory would be I suppose as close as we should dare to come to heaven. You know I just can't see that. I cannot see that an afterlife with just one memory, you know, playing on repeat forever for eternity. I doubt that that's heaven and and in and as ridiculous as it sounds and as positive and happy as your memory is that just sounds like hell to me honestly just you know living with one memory but like you wouldn't forever. see that's the thing right you wouldn't even know that you've had other memories 
the idea is that you take this one memory with you and you forget everything else so you wouldn't really know that you've lived a whole life before this and i i look at it as a state of being like you choose the memory for not not for the events that happened but for how it made you feel like you like, always yeah so you choose you choose it for how it made you feel like exhilarated and happy and excited and you you take that feeling with you for the rest of eternity not really the events of the memory itself right yeah okay yeah i mean that that does clear it up because you know after watching the movie it does it did beg the question like what does it mean to be in the afterlife do you do you experience emotions like feelings as one does when you know being alive and if if just playing that memory on repeat is just it's it's just annoying but like you said if if it's not it's if it's not the memory that matters but the feeling associated with that memory that that joy or that happiness if that's what truly matters then it makes sense to to maybe you know relive just that forever because i feel like if you took the memory itself with you then um it wouldn't i mean uh, maybe i'm applying too much logic to this um i should let it be as uh, um esoteric as as it's shown but like i feel like if you took the events of the memory itself it wouldn't really make sense to have hired actors do it or at least actors who you know play these people in their younger as their younger selves because then you would remember the faces of those people and not even your own face which is obviously hell i think you know that's just another like interesting aspect of this movie is that i i don't think there is a difference between heaven and hell i don't think that there exists a heaven and hell if you remember if you remember i don't i don't know who it was i think it might have been isaya he asked one of the counselors he said uh does everyone end up here people who do bad and people who do good does oh, yeah. anyone end up yeah. here and 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 they say yeah everyone ends up here and so that just you know that just raises questions about what it means to even be bad or good if you're all going to end up in the same place so that's just an interesting thing to like think about yeah that's that was definitely interesting yeah isaiah's thoughts and um this definitely a good question to ask whether there's um whether it matters being good and being bad if everybody ends up in the same place and also um But you know what I feel like if th- th- there's no clear definition of heaven and hell and a, and a good afterlife and a bad afterlife because obviously everybody ends up at this way station um albeit in different uh, branches but I think hell is about the temporary and heaven is the idea of permanence I don't know how to phrase this well but like heaven is when you are able to pick these moments in your life that 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 you've lived and that you're satisfied with heaven is the idea of having closure with whatever you've done in life and being able to move on um being happy and being able to pick a joyous moment but hell would be more temporary and that that specifically refers to the time where you where you feel like you haven't done anything worthwhile in life and watanabe in his um one week was in hell for a long time because he felt disgusted by what he did not disgusted but disappointed in what he in what he did and he couldn't really find peace so i feel like that is some manifestation of hell in the afterlife yeah i, I can i can see that uh, because uh, i i remember this other character which was kenji yamamoto who didn't um kenji yamamoto was the person who did horrible things and wanted to forget his past i think 
we didn't see too much of Yamamoto in, in, in the initial phases of the movie or just that just that he wanted to forget a lot of what he did so I guess so yeah I, I see that that element of hell with like Yamamoto um, there Wait, was what was his last memory the, the memory he picked Yamamoto yeah yeah what was the memory that he picked I don't think they showed us I don't think they, oh, they showed right, us the right, memory right. he picked right yeah right. Um, yeah, I vaguely remember somebody saying that they want they wanted to forget everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, I guess in that sense, it does make sense to 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 imagine hell that way. To you know realize that the life that you've lived didn't really amount to anything that you can truly remember. It's it's how this movie tackles the idea of remembering and forgetting. And the idea of nostalgia and um, like I've been thinking a lot about nostalgia over the past uh, over the past few months or maybe the past year and it's it's such a strange feeling like it's this odd blend of good and bad and I wonder how that plays into like would I I wonder if I would pick a memory that that I remember fondly because of nostalgia or because like I, I you know, I wonder if nostalgia has any role to play in what memories people pick. Because I obviously, and I think this applies to a lot of people currently as well. I remember, I definitely remember moments in my childhood much more fondly now than I did when I was actually living them. Like I might have really disliked something when I was going through it, but purely because of nostalgia, I probably remember it more fondly now. And stuff like that just really gets to me. Like, how how do I know whether um, the memory that I'm picking is going to be good? And what if I'm not satisfied, like, with the memory that I pick? Is it even possible to feel emotion after you've picked the memory and moved on to the afterlife? Or, like, to death? Yeah. What if people both? I mean, exactly. I, you know, that's one of the reasons that I was... I, I, I was so sad after finishing the movie is because I started imagining if... You know, I, I imagined um, our universe being one where afterlife was, as was described in the movie, that this was what happens after we die. And, and if that truly is what afterlife means after we die, I don't know if I'd want that to be an afterlife. I don't know if I'd be able to pick a memory that would truly bring me happiness because right now there are so many... <laughs> it's, it's funny because after watching the movie, I actually try to think about memories that made me happy and that if I had to pick one memory which one it would be I and I I just blank you know I, I it's so hard yeah I it, there was one memory that came back to me because a lot of people pick memories from their childhood because I guess that's when you're most innocent that's when there aren't too many worries in the world things just seem simple things are just happy and sad and there was just this one memory I have and it's it's not it's not a memory that's you know um happy it's just such a neutral memory i remember when i was in chandigarh um we we were actually packing to move to bangalore and um, there was a truck outside waiting to uh, it was it was i think fully loaded and we were just waiting for everybody to clear the house out and i walked outside our gate and i stood next to the uh, the truck and i looked up and for the first time i think in my life i saw a parrot and I don't remember much else from that memory except just there being sounds of nature and me looking up and seeing a parrot. And I don't, I don't remember being happy. I don't remember being 
sad. I I don't remember any emotion associated with that memory except just that memory itself. And I I don't know how to feel because this sent me on such a trip because uh I, I don't know you, you you get me right? Yeah yeah I know what you mean. Like it's 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 these moments that you don't. I mean how do you say if you're happy or you're sad right then and there? It's like you know that it's a feeling you're never going to experience again but it's also not quite the best you ever felt um so i think every single moment is so unique and i i i, I don't really know how um we can pick moments that mean more to us than any other moment does and i feel like a lot of us even distort our memory we we definitely remember things the way they weren't and i think human biology is very susceptible to something like this it's not really um it's not really possible to remember things exactly as they were. i don't think our brain is a storehouse as much as a storehouse of events um as they were as much as a storehouse of uh, the way we felt when we experienced those events so if something made me feel really good i might distort the the specific details of that event um to suit my fantasy like and how does this play into the film as well so uh i i forget the name of the character but he was the pilot who chose flying as his as his memory and right. he was going through the clouds and it's obviously a very magical moment but it's also highly romanticized right it, and and I'm, i'm not saying that's a bad thing it's just a natural thing we definitely tend to romanticize our own experiences and especially the good ones and even the woman with um uh, uh, cherry blossoms uh, nishimura i think she was like the oldest one there and her memory was so simple it was just her in in uh, under a tree on a on a park bench or something with cherry blossoms all around her yeah uh <laughs> um and we we'll talk about nishimura when we get to like some of our favorite characters because you know there were i think in the last scene with nishimura i i genuinely broke down and i actually cried um and i'll probably tell you why but it's for the longest time you know i when i asked myself what i thought of death and and i right now because we aren't close to death i hope not at least but we we think of death in a very like from from a very distant perspective because death just seems like it's so far away and um i i always thought that i was curious about death that i wasn't scared of it but curious because even if i do die and if i leave this this plane of existence there's something to look forward to you know there's that one unanswered question about human existence you know about what lies you know after we die and the reason i wasn't so bogged down by the thought of death was because it was either you know uh i i cease to exist that nothing comes with me that in 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 the most literal form i just stop being i can't feel anything i can't think anything i just i just end but in 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 a case where that doesn't happen it i have something to look forward to because i get to answer but i get i get the answer to one of the biggest questions we've been asking as as humans is what lies after death and after this movie it just a lot of that changed for me because i used to look at death with like optimism because of that curiosity but thinking of 
an afterlife which isn't truly as hellish or it's it's just an afterlife that gives you just one choice that just terrifies me it does yeah i mean it depends on um like what you said earlier about there being only two options you either you know you completely stop existing or you actually find out what there is because um well i feel like it's it's i'm not really scared um of the idea of death itself and i don't think a lot of people when they say i'm i fear death they don't fear death they fear the process of dying because you, you don't really feel i'm I, i feel like the way i imagine death is it's like falling asleep you don't know when it happens it just does so and and you can't really experience anything after it so it's not really the concept of death that people fear and it's the concept of dying and the process of dying and the moments leading up to inevitable death that frightens me and a lot of people so much because um at least it, it doesn't frighten me as much anymore but it used to and it does still for a lot of people because you know you have a limited time remaining on this planet and what do you do with it i mean all you can do is just contemplate and maybe live a good um material life that that will you know give us plenty of happy memories or cherished memories and um i i really don't think there's anything uh after death and um i've never imagined or i wouldn't say never but i i i used to imagine that there was an afterlife and people you know go somewhere after they die but right now i feel like that that, that concept doesn't really hold as much weight for me because i just feel like it's eternal oblivion right and i don't think it's possible um to have a self after death and you just cease to exist entirely so there's no i mean it's nice to imagine it and it's nice to fantasize about what happens after death but i feel like it's very organic and it's based fundamentally in biology there's just a question i had like for you is you know do you think you want an afterlife like this do you think that um would you be happy with i mean would you be content knowing that this is what afterlife means uh i mean if i if i did end up in such a way station and if i was asked to choose one memory i would just choose something that made me feel extremely happy and i just move on with that because like i said i don't think it's the event itself but rather the feeling but would i be content with that i don't think i have a choice i'm either forced to be content with the memory that i choose or i don't choose at all and i end up living in the way station world like the like the life before the afterlife and i don't think i'd be very happy with that no i i'd, I'd be much more content living with one memory for the rest of eternity than i would creating new ones and living in this place where i'm seeing dead people pass by every week and that would be devastating and do you think that you would prefer to live with well the feeling of happiness for eternity or would you rather prefer it if life just stopped i definitely prefer the latter because i mean that's what i believe right now i am i i don't think there's i feel like this could be talked about in so much length but i'm i'm a 
I'm not a substance dualist. I, I, I think it's all born in the physical world and mental states are immersion properties. So I, I don't think that we will have a chance. Like, I don't believe that there's a soul that's independent of the body. So I, I don't think there is going to be an afterlife in the first place. But what do I prefer? Actually, you know what? Yeah, I prefer that I stop existing. Like, I cease to exist. And that there's no trace of me. There's none of that. Yeah, I mean, however, there's... You know what? Yeah, go ahead. I'll get back to no, that. No, I was later. just saying, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on it. I mean, totally. I, I don't think I'd want... Um, yeah, honestly, I, there are so many things just popping into my head right now, things that tell me, but think about, you know, it's like, um, it's like the devil and, uh, angel situation that we've seen in, like, <laughs> one on each shoulder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. One is telling me, oh, but they won't you get eternal happiness, just think about that, and the other one's just like, yeah, but you get, like, hell for thinking about what memory you want to choose, and what if you want, you know, satisfied, and yada, 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 but... It's just, it's just so, you know, that's why this movie, like, moved me as much as it did, because it just, it, like, threw so many, like, yeah. hot balls, I yeah. guess. Yeah. You told me it affected you, like, quite intensely, and, I, I like, it didn't hit me that hard, but I can imagine um, what it felt like, because, yeah, it's some really, really intense questions. Um, I, I think you were saying something before, before, you know. No, never mind, it's, um, it's past. I guess moving on from what we would prefer after we die, who do you think seem to be the most content? Or who do you think... Well, I mean, this this ties into our favorite characters and why we thought so, but do you think there was someone who was truly happy with the outcome of living in that afterlife? Um, I do, actually. I think it was definitely uh the pilot like he knew that this is what i want and i felt happy in this moment so i really want to remember that for the rest of my rest of my death and um, i think he was like he was a really cool person and i really liked his memory as well but i think one of my favorite characters um i mean i've mentioned isaya but also uh, Nishimura and Watanabe were two people that, that I could really connect with and especially Watanabe I mean he wasn't satisfied um, That that's like kind of a um, like he wasn't satisfied but it, it's, it's the only story that genuinely made me sad or anxious because it was so relatable like despite him being such an old man um, the fear of not leaving anything behind is what plagues many people and I know I said that I'd rather not leave anything behind and I'd rather stop existing completely but it, there's still a fear that I haven't done anything useful with my life and um, I really felt that so I, 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 I felt like I don't want to lead uh, and this still applies of course I, I don't want to lead and I wouldn't want anyone to lead a dull, monotonous life. It would be horrible. And I know you brought up Nishimura. And honestly, I think Nishimura happened to be my favorite character in the entire movie. And that's that's strange because I doubt she said any anything 
substantial in the movie. I think there were barely any lines Nishimura had um, in this uh, film, and um, she still happened to affect me so much because at, and during her first few days, she said nothing, and that really surprised me. She spent her day walking around that building that they were in, and she collected different leaves and different flowers and different. Whatever she could find, you know, and and she collected. She she sat in front of one of the the counselors, like I I I think they're called, and um, she just she said nothing. She just kept collecting them and asked and asked him, um, do flowers ever bloom in this place? And I I don't know. She she seemed to be in such a such a trance, almost as as if she was at peace with her death, and that. Even if she chose no memory, she would still be happy. Um, and I think towards the end of the film, they say that what you know, while they were discussing everyone's memories, one of them says that she's picked or she's she she already lives that memory, the memory of being a nine-year-old, right? Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's what they say is that right now, even though she hasn't officially picked that memory, she's already living the joy she gets from that memory. Of of uh, you know being in that 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 under that tree with the cherry blossoms, the leaves just falling you know in her hands, and before they march to the theater where they watch their final you know movie, she hands over that bag of you know cherry blossom petals to um, the counselor, and I don't know, I I still don't know why she did that. And that, oh, it's you know, because that, yeah, it's because um, so that counselor uh, died, um, quite. I think he died a long time ago. But he has he has a daughter who's like two years old, and he used to spend a lot of time with his daughter, like playing under cherry blossoms. So cherry blossoms remind him of his daughter, who whom he isn't able to see anymore. So okay, I I I don't think I I registered that, but. You know that just makes it worse for me. I think, dude, Shrish, damn it! Why do you tell me I'm gonna cry now? <laughs> but I mean, even without the knowledge of why she gave it to him, it just it moved me so much because to me it seemed like she was sharing that bit of joy she had that those you know those petals symbolized that happiness for her, and she shared with the counselor who who delivered it you know for her, and I I just couldn't help but cry, but. Thanks for letting me know. After we finish recording, <laughs> I'm just gonna go to my room and cry. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the the description of her, like being a nine year old, was so. Um, it's really, really strong because it, it reminds me so much of this. Um, like I was telling the other day about the cycle of life, and as as we get older, we we tend to become more childish, and it's not really. Um, I don't mean this in a in a in a bad way i mean it's it, it's a natural process right and it reminds me so much of this poem that i've read so many times it's not really a poem it's a monologue from shakespeare's uh, as you like it uh, all the world's a stage um the seven stages of life and it just i kept thinking about that the whole time and she was almost at that final stage but not yet and um she was this old woman who 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 found it in her to find joy in the little things yet like once again somewhere along the way in our 
you know early adult years and middle middle aged years we lose this ability to appreciate appreciate little things and um she found it in her to do that so that was great yeah um i don't know i don't know if i'll ever um be that way um and i think that's you know i mean i just can't stop thinking about her because a a a a very large part of me just wants to be her in my final moments of life and if whatever whatever it means to die whatever it means to you know live after death i just she seemed to be so content and i i believe that inner peace just made me long for it even more to just want to be in that state of like mental i mean just calmness that you know with the knowledge yeah. that you've you've done what you can you've lived your life you've you've you know died and it's okay and even the simplest memory could just bring you joy and just living through that and we I'm probably not doing it justice while you know describing yeah, it dude. but I, I, uh, no but I know exactly what you mean like and stuff like this makes me so sad a lot of the time because it's and I wouldn't really call it sad it's like well what's the point of um having these large scale material luxuries and i can't help but feel like those who um <laughs> enjoy life the way it is and people who are content with the way things are are definitely going to end up a lot happier in the long run than you know chasing after transient things it's it's surprising you know because there's this sense that after watching the movie that you you might you might feel like you want to live more or live better and create memories that you can be proud of once you die um but it just makes me you know wonder if at the end if all i'm chasing are good memories that if i'll ever be able to reach that state of you know contentment that nishimura was in um and and so uh, there's there's just this struggle between what would be the ideal thing to do while we're still alive you know and uh, the reason this struggle exists is because uh, i guess this would be uh, you know the right time to like talk about my favorite line in the movie which was um one of the counselors said uh, i mean he says uh, what are they like and the other one replies just average <laughs> the counselor yeah. no 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 <laughs> the best line the best line still to come and the other one says in the end they're the worst aren't they oh and man yeah i remember yeah, that I, like the average ones yeah and that just that hit me so so much because it it put me in the state of like a conflict because it you know i i want time and in one place i want to i want to be like nishimura i want to I want to have that that state of mental peace and stability knowing that there's there's nothing much that I can do except live my life as it comes and just do the things that are making me happy in this current state and just make peace with it but lines like these which say you know just the average ones are the worst it it puts me in this this state of panic I mean not not active panic but like passive panic you know imagining um life where I'm just chasing after this uh these experiences that will i don't know quote unquote make my life complete 
Um, yeah, but they never do, right? And that's the thing. Like, how do you know that you've had the ultimate experience? Uh, and how do you how do you know you're? I mean, how do you know that the life you've lived is average? Exactly, exactly. While living, uh, I feel like everybody thinks, um, at least most people who are content think that they're having the best experience. But afterwards, you you're just one of the herd. I mean, you're no special, no more special than anyone else. Did you have any other? you know line or scene that that stuck um, with you something well, that yeah no not specific lines i feel like it was the entire movie that was one big you know how so this movie like the way it's structured it's quite stoic and it's so it's very monotone um at least in its presentational style but like the feelings it evokes are crazy like they're they're really really powerful and i've been watching a lot of um Have you heard of the show called Fleabag? Um I have heard of it but I haven't watched it. I've been watching a lot of Fleabag recently and like um one of the lines in in the characters in that show it just it it reminded me of this film so much because there's this guy who's like going to this uh rehabilitation sort of therapy center where um he's trying to be a better man because he's uh been caught like assaulting not assaulting but um like groping women and stuff and he's he's at the center where they try to make men better and um well the focus is that he's not really happy with his life right he's he's leading a very dull life and when asked by someone else what would make him happy he just says i want to go home and um, i mean presumably he lives somewhere far away and he's working in an, in in london um so i want to go home and i want to watch my wife pick up a gl- clean glass from the cupboard and drink water from it i mean who says something like that it's it's so strange but something so simple had such a powerful effect on people and watching or experiencing those small moments that nevertheless make you happier than you could ever imagine is what's so amazing Yeah I mean I'm I'm glad you brought that up because yeah it's so much to think about but you know there's still one thing that I I couldn't figure out and it's still kind of bothering me because I know that it means something but I just I just can't figure out what it means um I mean symbolically I believe but you remember towards the end of the movie um when she um when um she um, I, yes Shiori yeah when Shiori walks through the hallway and she stops at that opening that that's in the roof where um takashi was where he you know oh. where he found staring at the moon but when shiori walks there and she stays there and just before she walks off the the guard pulls away that cover to reveal um uh, the sun and takes away the moon the moon which was just like a cardboard cutout i'm presuming yeah oh my god i completely forgot about that you're so dude what was that even about like there's this okay so to get this straight so there's this sort of skylight that takashi walks past every day and so does shiori and they look up and it's most of the time it's like moonlight like not uh, presumably natural moonlight right but then at the end of the film she walks there and there's this maintenance guy up there who pulls away that it's it's now a cardboard like sheet and he pulls it away and it's actually daytime so the moon was like sort of an illusion or just something that they imagined i don't really i didn't really understand that either but 
I'm sure it means something symbolically very important, but I feel like it went over my head. Yeah, and you know, I I can't shake off this feeling that whatever it is ties in so beautifully to the meaning and the message that the movie has, and I just I just can't wait to find out if somebody has figured it out. And so, if anyone listening at home, if you watch the movie and if you you know come across and if you figured it out, please let us know. Or if you've actually been like you know already watched the movie and you uh, and this is something you probably have an idea about, we'd love to hear it. Maybe it's like you know it um. It might be a bit of a stretch, but I feel like Shiori. It's symbolic of um, you know how Shiori fell in love with uh, uh, Mochizuki in the film, um, uh, in the afterlife, and both of them used to walk past that spot and look up at the moon every single night, right? Um, at least he did, and she was with him. Uh, but now Mochizuki has moved on. He's chosen his memory, and he's moved on. So now it's up to Shiori to move past Mochizuki and pick a memory of her own, and sh- and that and the moon sort of being removed is symbolic of her trying to move past Mochizuki and starting a new day, quote unquote, new day, and that's the sun. She's starting a new chapter in her afterlife phase, where she's trying to find peace and happiness with her memories. Right. So. Yeah, and I I think you're right about that. Like it it I guess your analysis of it does make sense. Um, it's almost like a memory that she had of Takashi, uh, you know, just going away. That that was just something that existed, but now it's gone. And yeah, that does make sense. Yeah. So I guess um, well, I think that's all we have to say about afterlife um, for for this episode. We'll definitely address themes of death and uh, hell, heaven. uh these ideas in future episodes but this has been really interesting and insightful conversation because we definitely needed closure after a powerful movie such as this and um i think this has helped with that so thank you for that um and uh, no thank you sir <laughs> well look at us being all british um <laughs> so yeah th- and thank you guys for listening yeah we'd we'd love to hear um your thoughts on the movie and what what you took away from it if if you know the thought of the afterlife and this idea this this one instance of the afterlife affected you as much as it did um us so yeah again like she said thank you for listening to us and we'd love to hear from you yeah it's been great and we look forward to having you come back for the next one as always we will see you next time goodbye